this evening we're going to continue on with God's grace. God's grace is all we need. That's all we need is His grace. You don't have to beg for it. He gives it freely. All you have to do is to recognize it. That's it. I'm going to say something this evening, maybe that you have heard before, or maybe you haven't heard it before, but you really haven't. You know, you hear something, but you never really hear it. Well, this evening, you're going to hear it, and you're going to analyze in your mind what it is I am saying, and try to understand what it is I'm saying. And you will realize how we stress out for nothing, how we worry for nothing, all that anxiety that we carry on with is for nothing. We don't have to be doing all of that. So I'm going to go a little slow. I'm not going to keep you very long tonight because I'm going to keep it short and sweet. I want you to really understand what it is I'm trying to say. It's a different way of speaking, but I hope you get what it is I'm trying to say is continue on with God's grace. So this evening I'm looking for three readers. Tonight's subject matter is called He Tore Down the Walls. I'm looking just for three readers. The first reader is going to repeat one of last week's reading, 2 Corinthians 12, 9 to 12. We read that scripture last week, but we're going to read it again as it set the tone for where we're going. The second reader is going to read John 14, verses 9 to 12. And the third reader is Matthew 19, verses 16 to 19. Before we get started, let me give a little preamble as to where we end off last week. And then we will have the readers, and then I'm going to get right into it. And uh, readers, I want you to read slow, take your time, because... The words pertain to the teachings. So take slow, take it slow and take your time. The one infinite divine consciousness called God, because there's one God, only one. The one infinite divine consciousness called God is our individual consciousness. So we are part of this whole ocean. We are a drop, but we are part of it. So this one infinite divine consciousness called God is our individual consciousness. And while there are no degrees to it, there are degrees of our awareness of it. This is because of the word I. When the word I was used to identify a human being, that was when a man apart from God was set up. And that is the experience of the protocol. Now, some of you may have a problem comprehending or grasping when I talk about the infinite. You know what the word infinite means? It means there's no end. There's no beginning, no end. It's, it's infinite. So, the infinite consciousness means there's no beginning, there's no end. It's infinite. Some of you, when I say the, the infinite consciousness called God is your individual consciousness, some of you may have a, a problem grasping that. 
But anytime you have a problem, I want you to go back to the word that what Jesus said. And the reason why you will have a, have a problem, because, and I don't have a problem with this, because it, it will help you to understand God's better. You think of God as as a human, as man, because Jesus were risen body and soul from the dead and risen up his whole body and soul went up into into heaven. So you have an issue seeing or trying to understand God as consciousness, God as just spirit. You're, you're thinking of God as an individual man. Now, nothing wrong with that. Hear me. Nothing wrong with that because that will help you to increase your faith when you think of it like that. But it comes to times when you have to expand that ideology in your mind. You have to expand it. Remember, remember the words of Jesus. He says, my kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom is not of this world. So, the items and the stuff and all this, the things we see around us. Uh, Jesus is saying his kingdom is not of this world. His kingdom is a spiritual kingdom. It's not make up of bricks and mortar. So just have an open mind and try and understand. Remember, the Holy Spirit in you is guiding you and the Holy Spirit will give you the understanding which you seek. If you have any doubt about anything, just ask him and he will give you clarity. He will give you understanding. He will give you wisdom, knowledge. He will give you everything that you need. All right. So now we're going to go to the first reader. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I have become a fool in boasting. You have compelled me. For I ought to have been commended by you, for in nothing was I behind the most eminent apostles. Though I am nothing, truly, the signs of an apostle were accomplished among you with all perseverance in signs and wonders and mighty deeds. Amen. Next reader. Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me? Philip, he that hath seen me, hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? 
Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me or else believe me for the very work's sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works that these, these shall be do because I go unto my Father. Praise be to God. Next reading. And behold, one came and said unto him, Good Master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why callest me good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandment. He saith unto him, Which? Jesus said, Thou shalt do no murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, honor thy father and mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Praise be to God. Now, I start off in the preamble by saying, and we saw the word I in the scripture when Jesus is talking about, I am in my Father. The word I, I said that the one infinite divine consciousness called God is your individual consciousness. And while there's no degrees to it, there are degrees to our awareness of it. This is because of the word I. When the word I was used to identify a human being, that was when a mind apart from God was set up. And that is the experience of the prodigal son. Now, when I say I, Gloria, I'm referring to a certain state of consciousness. True, it is God consciousness, but it is limited by my concept of what consciousness is. Hear me, somebody. When I say I, Gloria, I am referring to a certain state of consciousness. True, it is God consciousness, but it is limited by my concept of what consciousness is, by what I believe what consciousness is. If I accept the human view that my consciousness is made up of my paternal experience 
is made up of my environment, is made up of my education, is made up of my personal experience and my paternal experience. And then think of that as my consciousness. It would be very limited sense of consciousness. One which would limit me forever. Hear me. Hear me. Understand me. Because we believe that you are your education. We believe that you are experienced. You believe all of that. You believe what people say. You believe we, there's family curse and all kind, of, all kind of superstition stuff. You believe it. I am telling you. If I accept the human view that my consciousness is made up of my paternal experience, my environment, my education, my personal experience, and then think of that as my consciousness of uh, uh, as who I am, it would be a very limited sense of consciousness, one which would limit me forever and always throughout my life. I would have to move in the groove of that consciousness. Whatever that set up that framework, I, I will be forever guided by, like, by that. If I think that is who I am, if I think that is what formed me, that is the way of the human world. Hear me, somebody. That is the way of the human world. It says that if you have a certain paternal experience, a particular kind of environment and education or lack of it, and certain personal experience, you will move in a foreordained groove. For the most part, people do just that. Until in some way or the other, spiritual wisdom is brought to them in some fashion. And the revelation given that all of it is foolishness. The truth is that God is the measure of your consciousness. Hear me please. God is the measure of your consciousness. That's the truth. The truth is that God is the measure of your consciousness. God is the circle and the circumference of your consciousness. And nothing less than the allness of God belongs to you. I know you know this, you know. But I want you to start to believe it. God is the circle and the circumference of your consciousness and nothing less than the allness of God belongs to you with that point of view your life begins to change instead of looking back 
and attributing your present situation in life to a lack of education, an unhappy childhood, a discordant family life, or to the unpleasant fact that your grandmother was an erotic or your grandfather was an alcoholic and so on and so on. Now all of a sudden, you come to the realization, wait a minute, wait a minute. What has that to do with me? Wait a minute. What is all that, all that, that went before that nonsense? What does that have to do with me? What? What has that to do with me? I am the offspring of God. And God is my parent. God is my inheritance. God is my environment. I am not limited to that personal sense of consciousness or to a subconscious or super subconscious. I am limited only to whatever limitations there are upon God. And since God is infinite, there are none. Now you begin to live out from a new basis. You are living out from universal consciousness which is pouring itself into you and you are letting it come into you and pour forth through you if you do that what becomes of the inhabitations you believe arose out of your childhood what becomes of those inhabitations that arose out of your education or lack of it or your wealth or lack of it all that will be broken down instantly and your prayers become flow God flow into me and through me and out into this vast world flow God flow into me and through me and out into this vast world I want you to say that within yourself right now flow God flow into me and through me and out into this vast world open your arms and say welcome him flow God flow into me and flow through me and out into this vast world flow God flow into me and through me and out into this vast world flow God flow into me and through me and out into this vast world this would reveal to you the true meaning of humility you will know that when you would know that you not only have no limitations but that you can take no praise for your accomplishments hear me somebody you will know that you have no limitations but that you can take no praise for your accomplishments since it is all God pouring itself through then 
then you will really know in all humility that there is absolutely no limitation upon your being. You are self-complete through God. Not self-complete because of your education. Not self-complete because you have inherited a fortune. Not self-complete because of some human circumstances or condition. But self-complete because God is your life. Self-complete because God is your soul. Self-complete because God is your soul and your consciousness. With God as the infinite nature of your being, what becomes of limitation? Tell me. With God as the infinite nature of your being, what becomes of limitation? There is none. It all disappears. The nature of the entire message is the revelation of God as individual identity and capacity. God as infinite being and God as the infinite of the individual being. Hear me somebody. This whole message is the revelation of God as individual identity and capacity. God as infinite being and God as the infinite of the individual being. The essence of the entire message is I can of my own self do nothing. Hear me somebody. The essence of the entire message is I can of my own self do nothing. The Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. What work? Limited work? Hear me. What work? Limited work? No. Infinite work. Infinite because of you or me? No. Infinite because of the infinite of infinity of God. Do you not see that until we wipe out all sense of limitation that has come about by believing that we are limited to a finite mind, a subconscious mind, a subconscious mind or any kind of mind and realize that there is only one mind and that it is the instrument of God and it is infinite we will always be limited unless we come to the revelation and, and wipe out all that sense of limitation that has come about by believing that we are limited by our education we are limited by circumstances we are limited by environment we are limited by the color of the skin unless we can wipe that out regardless of what man is saying you don't entertain those thoughts and you move forward and let God move in and through you
tell you something. If God concept something he wants you to do, regardless of your physical ability, your mental education, regardless of what it will be done. If God chooses to use you to deliver a product, it will be done, regardless of your formal training or not. It will be done. Now, God is the only capacity we have. And therefore, there is no limit to our capacity. Hear me, somebody. God is the only capacity we have. So therefore, there is no limit to our capacity. Think, pray, meditate on God as your intelligence. Meditate on God as your life. Meditate on God as the measure of your capacity. God as the infinite nature of your being. How can you be immortal or eternal? You cannot be except as God is immortal and eternal. There is only one immortality. And the immortality of God is the immortality of your being. How can you be loving? You cannot. Only God is love. Hear me, somebody. I want you to understand this. Because we tend to mix up love with some kind of physical attribute. How can you be loving? You cannot. Only God is love. But the measure of your love is the measure of God since God is love. If you don't love God, tell me, let me tell you, you can't love another soul. Because the lo- God is love and God is, is pouring that love through you. You are his instrument that he is using you. So how can you be loving? You cannot. Only God is love. But the measure of your love is the measure of God, since God is love. To think that you have it in your power to be loving and of yourself, or that you have it within your power to be generous, kind, or just would be to believe that you have gone beyond the demonstration of Jesus Christ. It may happen someday, but it has not happened yet. Remember, Jesus himself says, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one that is God. So with us, when you learn that love is not a personal quality, you are able not only to love infinitely, 
but to love infinitely. That means without end. It is only when you limit love to your personal capacity for love that you find love very, very limited. It is only when you think of justice as being a quality of this man's character or that man's nature that you find it limited. But when you see that love or justice is of God, there's no limitation to it anymore. You have then removed the egotism that would think that you can be loving even though Jesus said that there is none good but one. You cannot be loving. Neither can you withhold love because God is love. And God is forever expressing itself as love to every open avenue. And that you are. That is where the practice must come. My grace is sufficient for thee. But it will not come into active expression until the statement of truth passes from being a statement to being an inner conviction. You, you mustn't just say it with your mouth. You have to feel and you have to believe it. My grace is sufficient for thee. But it will not come into active expression until that statement of truth passes from being a statement to being an inner conviction. Thy grace is sufficient for me. The law is sufficient for me. And I will have no dealings with other sense of law, only the spiritual. Thy strength is sufficient for me. It's not a question of the strength of my muscles. It is not a question of my strength. Thy strength is sufficient for me. Thy love is sufficient for me. As you come into the awareness that God's love is sufficient for you, God's love is made evident to you through men and women. Hear me, somebody. As you come into the awareness that God's love is sufficient for you, God's love is made evident to you through men and women. If a man say, I love God and hated his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he had seen, how can he love God whom he have not seen? In other words then, by first looking away from men and women and realizing that the only love that could come to you is the love of God. More than likely it would appear as or through men and women and children and the world at large as animals, plants and birds. It will come to you through God as God's love expressed as some measure of form. God's wisdom too 
is sufficient for you. Is there any need then for being concerned about your wisdom or mine or our lack of wisdom? No. You are opening yourself now to God's wisdom that is sufficient for you. And God's wisdom fills you. God's love fills you. God's presence is sufficient for you. God's presence. And you may have been thinking in terms of husband and wife and sister and brother, friend, or all other relatives. But here you are faced with the truth that God's presence is sufficient for you. Just think of that. God's presence. Most people do not believe that as a rule. They do not accept it. They talk in terms of God's presence and then turn around and cry their hearts out for some other presence. Sometimes even for the absence of some other presence. But the real truth is that God's presence is sufficient for them. And as they rest back in that conviction, God's presence appeared to them as the presence of friends, as the presence of relatives, as the presence of a husband, as the presence of a wife, as the presence of a child, whoever it may be. You seek his presence and then watch what appears. Whether it's friends, whether it's relatives, whether it's a husband, whether it's a wife, whether it's a child. Seek his presence and watch what appears. Carry this with you. Practice it today. And practice it tonight. And practice it tomorrow morning. So that you will be able to have the experience of God's grace unfolding and unfolding and unfolding and unfolding in your life. God bless you. I will stop here. I think I give you enough to chew upon. Amen, amen, amen.